Today on Bingers Assemble, we're going to be talking about Fablemans, 2022's Fablemans, in our continuing Oscars coverage. All that right off the side, we have no control over. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Binge Simple, the podcast where we rewatch movies so you don't have to. But today we're talking about the Oscars and Fablemans, uh, this uh, Steven Spielberg joint. Uh, so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna give the shot. How about uh, my name is Matthew Carroll? I forgot names. <laughs> and I'm Ashley Coffin, and we are just we are swept up in the Oscars, man. Yeah, man, I, I've, I'm feeling it. I'm pretty much done. Wow, wow. You're and you're watching a lot more than me too. All of them. We only yeah. except for animated. We all we have left is three documentaries and two international films and I've watched all of them except for Avatar. Wow. I think I've got like four more left in the uh best picture category and that's all it's I'm an doing. It's absurd amount this year. I I could cut two out right now. Uh, what are your two? You well, we already said at Maverick. We knew that. Yeah, Top, Gun. Top Gun. And Way of Water, like get the hell out of here. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't care. The, the two big blockbustery ones are, do feel a little out of place. Yeah, but I, see, I haven't seen Way of Water yet. I do Me feel neither. like a Top Gun's out of place. We're getting down to the crunch, man. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I know, I know, and we're still we still gotta get Creed in the feed, Creed three, which I guess update on that. We're we're, we're I'm, I'm going to see it today. And we're gonna watch. We're gonna do Creed three probably tomorrow. I guess. I, we, Bill we told me what happened. Out. You want to know? <laughs> no, don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't, don't do a shot or a chaser right now. Uh, but I will. I'm gonna do a shot of Fablemans, and here I go. Okay, Fablemans is about a young boy uh, going from uh, going to see his first movie at the beginning of the thing, and at the end. Uh, getting to meet a director. He becomes a director throughout the movie. And it's apparently sort of autobiographical of Steven Spielberg's story. I'm not sure exactly how much, um, but it's about his story um, and how he learned to make movies. Um, but it also intersects with how his family's life develops and what art meant to his family and the differences between his mother and father and the things that they took from them. Uh, and it also has a, an affair in it, his mother has an affair with a best friend, and that's uh, and 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 it 
kind of tears the family apart, but the movie's kind of about how they're still family. And uh, yeah, that's, I guess that's my chase. That's my shot. Cool. With uh, nine seconds to spare. And I mean, that's pretty much it. (laughs) I keep doing that. Uh, partially because like I keep letting other people keep the timer instead of me. Normally I keep the timer up and then I'm like, okay, I got 10 seconds. What else can I fit in? Uh, yeah, but I keep, I keep going as much. That's my shot. And that's it. <laughs> how about, okay. You, how, you want to throw a chaser out? I guess I can. I mean, you pretty much covered it. I mean, uh, it, it's also, I guess, um, kind of about dealing with mental illness back then when they didn't really deal with, especially women having mental illnesses. They didn't really Ooh, talk that, about it. That's and, interesting. That's yeah, not, and, I did not take that away from the movie at all. I will oh yeah, that. a little bit. And, um, and just how hard it still was for, you know, Jewish kids, even at that time, trying to do kind of anything like they were still getting bullied. And I know that that is something that Steven Spielberg has talked about going, you know, through his life. And it's just the beauty of making film. Like this was a love letter, letter to, directors and i love movies like that it's it's really really good and really beautiful um and i love yeah i love it i really love this movie i loved this movie i'm partial to movies like this anything that's just taking apart how things like how movies are made or how people got the ideas because it's like when he went and saw um that movie I don't know what it was. It was like a train movie. It was horrific. There's a train exploding. He he seemed like he was terrified, but instead mm-hmm. all he wanted to do was go home and recreate that scene and start filming. And even at that age, like he just is off and going and like, you could just see the blueprints of these great directors. And I've read so many biographies about directors, you know, like George Lucas and stuff like this. And they all kind of start like this. And like, I eat it up. I can't get enough. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, totally. Um, and I kept looking for this and I don't know, I don't know how much was in there. I don't know Steven Spielberg's work enough, but I kept looking for little like examples of things that might have informed his work. Mm. You know what I mean? Like little things. And one of the things that I, one of the things I noticed that this is really small, but the boys, um, closet in his bedroom when he was a kid was like the exact doors from E.T., Oh, that's cool. Did you notice that? It was the exact yeah. same pa- little paneling. And that's where his mom had that experience of watching the movie and getting that really sad moment. And it just made me think about like how he thinks about his bedroom closet as a child. And then he went on to make E.T. I don't know. Little things. And also his mom is dancing with the background of backlit by that car. And he went on to use that kind of lighting in a lot of his work. A lot. Like a ton that of his work. That scene was really intense, too, because you could just see she's having like a mental little bit of a mental episode and she is obviously like very see-through through the dress and like the daughter is almost hysterical like can you please stop mom everybody can see that can see all of you because it's the dad and like the kids aren't really that young and like the um seth rogan is the best the mom's best friend at that point you don't know that they're having an affair but it, it was just it was a cringy little scene um, that does end up turning into something beautiful, but that all then turns into something very ugly because of, you know, the mom's mother had died and the dad was like, you need to make a video of our camping trip to show her to cheer her up. And in making that video was when um, he discovered the affair that was happening because of the way you yeah, know, he sees the, he sees moments in the background of the, of the footage where he sees the affair happening. Yeah, which was crazy. I see this movie very differently than you do. And I'm not saying there wasn't mental health issues discussed, um, but I saw it as two very different kinds of parents and two very different kinds of people. Um, The mother being much more 
and how they formed Steven Spielberg, like how they formed him. His father was this business-minded engineer who loved to how, figure out how things worked, and his mother was an artist. Right. And his mother was this, like, free spirit artist person. And, like, I, a lot of the stuff you're calling mental illness, I thought was kind of beautiful. Like, she definitely has, there's definitely struggles with depression throughout the movie. She definitely does crazy things that are, like, not She almost normal. got all of the kids killed. In oh, the yeah, first scene, 20 right. minutes, you're she right. buys the monkey that's destroying everything. She's getting calls from her dead mother. She's having completely bipolar, like, episodes. Oh, the only one of those that I, 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 that I clocked as, like, mental illness, really, was, or, well, and even that I didn't really clock as mental illness, was her early, I heard, clocked as a really terrible decision, was her. Let's go see the tornado. <laughs> the, the tornado scene. The tornado yeah. scene is clearly a terrible, terrible thing and a terrible decision she makes. She has some kind of OCD with doing the dishes. She'll never. She never wanted to do dishes. They always had to throw out all the plates and stuff. Oh, see, see, that's just that. See, I just know these. Pe- I know people like this that I don't mm. consider a lot of those quirks. Don't feel like mental illness to me. They feel like decisions they've made that they're not those type of people. She is not a traditional mother. She refuses to like. She refused to do the dishes. So I'm, I'm not saying there's not a lot of mental illness in her character. There's definitely scenes of depression. I do think there's like some bipolar stuff going on. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm interested because I like it. Maybe it says more about me than it does uh, the movie. But like watching this, mental illness wasn't the biggest thing I saw in her character. Mm-hmm. But I see it where you're coming from completely. Yeah. I mean, like living with a mom who is kind of up and down like that, maybe I'm a little bit more sensitive to it when I see things like, oh, I remember when my mom would do crazy shit like that, like driving around and like, oh, get in the car. We're going to go in the middle of the night. We're going to go drive somewhere crazy. And like, we never actually get to the destination that she's talked up in her head was going to be so awesome uh, or, or whatever. We would just end up, you know, I would fall asleep or we would just come home. And it's like moments that you remember almost like they're a dream. But you know that there was something not right about them, so you don't really let it stick with you. Yeah. It's just little things like that. Um, I don't know. I took her as a character who had sort of like artistic desires without much ability to fill them. Mm. She was always working. She was writing. She was a pianist, and she was writing music and singing. Um, and right. I feel like a lot of women at that time also blame their husbands for like, like I had to quit. And give everything up, and I had to raise your kids, and I, you know, blah blah blah. Which, you know, it does. That's that was part, what happened back then. Yeah, but she also didn't seem to have the focus. Like I, I saw like some ADHD things in there. Where yeah, like, there was definitely stuff. Um, yeah, there's definitely stuff, but it didn't feel like um, the same way. Like when she gets the call from her dead mother, that was definitely a moment of like fleeting. Like like that was definitely a moment of fleeting. Uh, connection with reality but mm-hmm. i took that as just how depressed she was like she was right. so depressed she was just having that like episode it didn't i didn't i didn't it should, it, sorry this should not be what this whole episode's about but like that is interesting that that's how you took it because i did not take it that way but i i took it as like a very artistic person with a very free spirit that does kind of wild things but also made his childhood beautiful like yeah the wild the wild the way that she was wild was both had its good sides and its bad sides. And the way that his dad was so practical had its good sides and its bad sides. I'm going to push back on that a little bit because of the stuff his mother did made him quit for many, many years. It wasn't until he moved and met the the new kids at the school and they asked him to do the thing. Did he get back into the thing? Sure. Sure. Because yeah, he was like done. There's good and bad, but like 
she's also like she also was majorly encouraging at other points and like she's also the reason and the the guy who she had the affair with had that talk with him it was like no you need to do this like he yeah. gave him the camera and like the these other parts of that like connection to her also gave him a lot of the push that he needed um to 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 make the stories i think that's the point of the movie is there's like a lot of there's it doesn't really moralize or to me it doesn't like i it's interesting that you it, it's, you see it very differently than me it's it's very interesting <laughs> because i i see it as two very different parents that created this boy that ended up being a weird blend like to yeah. be a great creator it requires you to have that sort of like ability to envision beauty like she did yeah. but also and like take chances and dance in front of headlights you know what i mean like have those mm -hmm. moments of like weird uh weird uncomfortable beauty in your life but <laughs> also it requires like a business mind and a practical like all that stuff that his dad was and like right. i just saw that I, I guess i guess that's i just saw it as these two sides of Steven spielberg being created in him yeah oh yeah that's why I think my favorite scene in the entire uh, film is the end um, between him and the boy who Me is a too. bully. Me and too. And he he makes this film for for their senior class uh, of this you know the entire school, and he's new there, and he's been horribly bullied since he's gotten there. Even though he did get a cute little girlfriend, that stuff was hysterical. Um, yeah, it but is. yet he made the the guy who's been like treating him terribly, the jock, look like you know. A, a star like like yeah. a great guy like you know hercules or whatever <laughs> god yeah he he shoots the 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 sort of star football player he shoots him in the movie as if he's just like this adonis he's playing volleyball yeah it's he's like tom straight, cruise straight out of top gun exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> far before top gun this is this is really steven spielberg taking credit for top gun is what this is yeah um <laughs> and it, it broke the bully the bully was so upset yes. he's like why did you do that why did you make me look like that that's not me that's not you know how i am and and you made me look you know great and it was just such an interesting scene and spielberg's yeah. or i keep calling him spielberg steven what was his name sammy or sammy. sammy his girlfriend kept calling him sammy through the whole movie i love it so much that's one of the funniest lines is he says uh all through the movie she calls him sammy and he's it's sam like and then they're on the dance floor he like weirdly talks about marrying her and like oh uh, yeah he proposes. and like tells her he loves her and she like is breaking up with him he just told her he loved her. He's like that. He's that invested, and she calls him. Sit, but Sammy, and he's like, it's Sam. Like I just that that, that line is so good because it <laughs> yeah. sets up, it's set up so well. But no, the, the, you're totally right. The best scene in the movie is this bully who is kind of this half like he doesn't seem to have an ideology against Jewish people, but he puts up with his friend who's yeah, like there's a super anti-Semitic. There's a, there's a friend who's super anti-Semitic, and he just puts up with it. And so in the film. Sammy makes a film that makes the guy who's the anti-Semitic guy look terrible and look embarrassing. And it makes this other jock who's been sort of in taking part in it. He makes him look amazing. He, he shows him winning multiple competitions. He shows him running and like beating the entire crowd and like just being this amazing character. And at the end of the movie, all everyone follows around him and tells him how great he is. And it is, I'm going to cry thinking about it, but this is, it's such <laughs> the best scene in like it may be the best scene in, in in any of the movies that I've watched for our Oscars watch so far, and it's the bully. It's not that scene to me is not about his freak out. It is the bully freaks out, but but the it's the reason he freaks out. He freaks out because he made him look too good. 
And he, it, it's given him all this expectation. So suddenly everyone's gathering around him, like lifting him up on their shoulders. Like, you he look amazing. He gets his girlfriend back. He gets his girlfriend back and all this stuff. And like, and then he goes and like yells. And instead of telling Sammy, thank you, he starts yelling at him. And he's like, why did you do this? And it, you, it, you clearly see in that moment that this bully has a problem with like everyone expects too much from him. So he is like, he's like, why did you do this? Why did you do the thing that I don't want, which is more expectation? You put more expectation on me. <laughs> but then the next moment is the thing. The, the anti-Semitic kid runs around the corner and tries to attack Sammy, which he's been doing the he's been doing the whole movie and the bully's it's been Sam. participating in it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. It is Sam. Um, <laughs> so the, the anti-Semitic kid comes down the hallway to beat up Sam, and the bully who's been beating up Sam the whole movie. <laughs> this is what this is what comes about the scene. He he defends him. He clocks that guy. He clocks the kid. He beats him up. He beats up the anti-Semitic kid, and that's the moment because. I think that is Sam learning that creating movies can inspire people. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not that uh, the expectations he put on the kid, but it's that he teaches him, like, you could be this. You can be that. You can you're be the hero. You're choosing not to be. Yeah. yeah. You're choosing to be the bully and choosing to be this. You could be the guy. And it, like, inspires the kid to be better. And that is so fucking beautiful it was god it's just so beautiful about art and like filmmaking and like what it can mean to people and uh and then they they have a conversation afterwards and and he's like why did you do it he's like maybe i just wanted you to be nice to me for five minutes and then he says or maybe i just wanted to make my movie better um which is also like this struggle of the artist of like maybe i had a point here or maybe you were just the maybe i was willing to make you the bully the star of the movie because you were the best star and it made the movie better like i'd love that yeah. line Ugh. i love it so much i love that that you're totally right that is the scene that is the scene i enjoyed it and then they get to the end and he gets to meet a very famous film director to <laughs> know that that was that was david lynch i oh, lost okay. it i lost cuz i know his voice like more than I yeah. would know the sound of anybody else's voice. He's got a very distinct voice. And when I heard it from the other, like it was, in, he's in the waiting room and I go, oh my God, he got David Lynch to come in here and play this role. And it was so perfect. And what he says to him, the advice that he gives him is not only an extremely important piece of advice, but if you watch any movie now going forward, pay attention to the horizons. Yeah. Yep. What he says, lo- he, yeah, go ahead. he says, uh, you see this painting? Where's the horizon? He says at the bottom. And he's like, that's right. Where, we see this painting? Where's the horizon? He says at the top. And he says, that's right. If the horizon's at the top or the, bo- the top, it's a, it's a glorious shot. If it's at the bottom, it's a glorious shot. If it's in the middle of the thing, it's boring as shit. It's boring as shit. <laughs> <laughs> boring as shit. And then he says, like, thank you. Leave my office. Like, that's it. And he was like, thank you. And he was like, you're welcome. <laughs> it's such a simple piece of advice. That he can digest and it is meaningful to his whole career. And he walks out of that thing and the sun's in the background. And it's like his right off into the sunset moment. They're at a studios. Yeah, they're at the, the, the Hollywood studios. And he's like walking off into the Hollywood studios. And it's like that piece of advice meant so much to him that like that's what the movie's about. Like the movie that's like his story. It ends with him just getting this like. Did you see very- them fix it? When he oh. walks out of there, the horizon, the sun is in the middle, and as he's walking oh. down the street, they fix it and put it at the top. 
I can't believe I missed that. No, I, I didn't died. Know. I thought that was so cute. That is so fucking. Cute. I did. I did catch the angle change, but like, yeah, I was so. That's I was so lost in the moment of him dancing away. I didn't even think about it. Dang, that's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's even better. <sighs> it's so good. It's such a such a great movie. There's also a great scene just to catch all the endings. There's like four endings. In this movie. And there were so many endings. The moment between him and his father is really important. Yeah, he's having like panic attacks and stuff, I guess. Yeah. And and the way that his father is like <laughs> his father through dealing with his mother's panic attacks and knowing her so well can immediately like he knows how to be a good like f- a good father for his son. You know what I mean? Like because his mother passed down some of the same wild energy and anxiety that he had, mm-hmm. she had. Um, and so the father's like, Oh, here, here's what I did for your mother. And starts making him the tea. And then has this conversation about, you know, we're always going to know each other. Right. And he's like, are you sure? Because early in the movie, his, his uncle scared him saying that like, if you choose art, you, you're going to leave behind your family. You're going to yeah. choose art or your family. And he, he feels like he's choosing art. And his father says, you know, uh, no, we're always going to know each other. And I'm always going to know your mom. Even though we're divorced, I'm always going to know her. She's always going to be part of our lives. Yeah. It's just really touching. Really, it really freaking touching. Such a good, it was such a good film. Yeah, um, absolutely. All right, let's break this down real fast. Yep. Do you think that that uncle who popped in there should be winning or even nominated for Best Supporting Actor? Ooh. I don't know. Is he is he's on the oh, list? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I do love that scene. It's Brendan Gleeson from Banshees and Barry Keoghan from Banshees. It's him from uh, Judd Hirsch, who's the he's the dad in Independence Day, and that's always what he is to, for me forever. He's uh, what's his face's dad? Independence Day. God, damn. Jeff Goldblum's dad. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, and you're then right. the um, it's uh, K Hu Kwan. Everything, oh, everywhere, right. all at once. Right, right. Who are the two, which two characters from Banshees? The kid from Eternals. Right. And the other, Brendan Gleeson, the guy who, uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I'll, uh, Oh, gotcha, me. gotcha. The, yeah. the, the, the older, the older man. Um, yes. Interesting. I don't consider, I, I, th- I thought he was a lead actor. I would, I would not. Colin Farrell got lead actor in that film. I would say, see, I thought it was a two, to me, we haven't talked about the movie yet, and we will. I think of that movie as a two-hander. Like those, they're the two Dude. leads. So I was I, shocked. I was it's shocked. It's weird that they made him, because I mean, it starts and ends with those two. Like that's, the, they are the, I see that maybe, uh, to me, like it's almost like a protagonist antagonist issue thing. Like, yeah, any, any, anyway, I thought yeah, they were the, equal as well. Yeah, same, uh, and same, Brian same. Tyree Henry for Causeway. I don't know if you saw that one because it's not up for best film. That's the only no, no, thing no, it's up for. Okay, um, of those actors, yeah. If I if I was gonna go with who I think is better and made more of an impact on the movie, I would say uh, Brendan the, Gleeson. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson. Uh, but that's weird because it just feels like he's not a supporting actor to me. Um, right. But I do really love that scene. Um, it is a very important and meaningful scene to the movie, uh, but I, yeah, I, I, of those three, I'd probably give it to Brendan Gleeson. But I, uh, it's hard. I, it's it's tough. I think Fablemans has a real shot um, at doing something doing something with the Oscars, just because it's a really good movie and it's about Hollywood. Well, and it's Stephen, and you know he yeah. got snubbed a little bit last year, but it's like will Hollywood Hollywood falls into the. Um, same thing of always giving it to the movies who are writing a love letter to Hollywood, which is why when La La Land won and then didn't won in the same minute, it was yeah. like, what, you know, everybody expected La La Land to win, except me. I knew it wasn't going to win. Um, but 
they love those. And it's like, well, that's great. We have these every year. But at what point do they start to become a little like, okay, well, we need to tell different stories now. But then you have Steven Spielberg be like, well, this is my biopic. Bam. And you're like, oh, no, what do we do? Because it's up for directing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a hard one because it's Banshees of Vera Sheeran, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fableman's Tar, and Triangle of Sadness for Best Director. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's so hard. Yeah, these are tough. These are tough. Well, I know you got to go, and we're going to get on here in a couple more days and talk about uh, Banshees, and so maybe we'll talk more oh, about Oh, and this. Michelle Williams is up for uh, Best Actress. Well, so that's over Kate Blanchett, uh, Michelle Yeoh, Anna Diarmas, and Andrea Riseborough for the Oscar for Best Actress. Uh, who did <coughs> Michelle Williams play? I'm sorry. The mom. Oh, in this. Okay, Michelle. Okay, gotcha. <coughs> she, is, she is wonderful in this. She was wonderful, but we were like, was it better than Kate Blanchett? No. Because I've already seen Michelle Williams play this role a couple times, you know? Oh, I see. I don't know who Michelle Williams is, I guess. Oh, really? She's um, Heath Ledger's baby mama. She's in, she was in Dawson's Creek. Did you ever watch Dawson's Creek? No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, she's won uh, Oscars. She's an Oscar like winning. Okay, cool. She won for uh, Brokeback Mountain, I'm pretty sure. She's Best in supporting Venom. role. She's in. Did you ever see Shutter Island with Leonardo DiCaprio? No, he's on the crazy- I haven't. I know it's a big uh, hole in my. People tell me all the time it's stupid that I haven't seen that. Oh, oh no, no, she wasn't in that. Sorry, I thought she it, was, that was in Kirsten Venom, Dunn's. and I do remember her in Venom. Hey, yeah, she's the girlfriend in Venom. <laughs> yep, I do remember her in that. Good. There we go. <laughs> I was so jealous of her because she was with Heath Ledger when I was younger. Oh, okay. They have yeah. that little daughter. I uh, I thought she was great, but I think. I don't think she is what made that role even necessarily so special. I, th- I think, I think for me, best actress, it, like just just from a purely skill thing, I think that uh, Kate Blanchett has it. Personally. I think it's going between Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. It's going to be very hard. Yeah, I think the Tar. I don't really like the movie. Oh gosh, I watched a YouTube breakdown on Tar this week because you know Uh-oh. Tar was such a dense movie, and it like was talking about what the movie was about. And like it broke it down, but a bunch of the stuff they used as specific, you know, like evidence of what the movie was really about were what the random pieces and composers she was mentioning. So not only did like you need knowledge about the movie, it's like the music in general to get that parts of that movie, but like. There are certain pieces that really are significant. Like she says something at one point, and, and I, I actually did know this piece. But there's a there's a piece called 433, um, mm-hmm. which is just silence on the stage, and she uses it as an example at one point, and it like makes no sense because 433 is just four three four minutes and thirty three seconds of silence. That's what the right. song is, and it makes no sense in the place where she uses it as an example she says something like it's like trying to put on 433 with an engine behind you or something like that it doesn't even make sense there's no there's no there's no beat there's no way to conduct that piece like it doesn't make any sense the way she uses it but like it's funny because the the whole point of that scene is to understand that she doesn't know she's she kind of is be bullshitting Right. In that scene, but if you don't know what 433 is, that means nothing you to you. Like, and I didn't even catch it. I do know what 433 is, and I didn't catch it because she says it so fast. It's like, okay, da, da, da. like it just. There's a lot of things in there where, like, she mentions a specific piece of music, and because of the context of the piece of music, it it can mean more to you. Like, there's so many layers to that movie that I think it's 
so hard to fully understand for anybody unless you're yeah, really yeah. into that world. And it just seems so specific that even though I think she's the best actress of the year, like I don't know that she'll get it because Yeah, that's true. It's just I don't think it's that likable of a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I'll never watch it again. I feel like people voting for it are voting for like pretension. Like, oh, she learned German, I guess. I'm yeah. like, did she learn full German or did she just learn her lines in, in German? Yeah, did she learn it phonetically. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> She's amazing in it, but I just don't know if the movie's likable enough that people might. Like, I see people like putting on that screener and falling asleep because it's just so dense. <laughs> I definitely yeah. fell asleep once, you know? <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back soon, guys, with more uh, Oscars watches. And Creed 3 will be in the feed in the next day or two. Peace. Bye. Bingers Assemble is a stranded panda podcast. For all of our podcasts and other geeky creative projects, go to strandedpanda.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.